You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into game week here on Locked On Saints. It's finally here, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and of course, your host here every Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked On Saints. On today's episode, we're going to break down in depth how the New Orleans Saints offense is going to look different with Jameis Winston under center. Today, we're going to start off with the passing game. Then we're going to wrap up today's episode with five storylines that we're going to be following up until the week one matchup against the Green Bay Packers in Jacksonville. We've got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, y'all, I have been looking forward to this conversation for quite a while. I've been really, really, really invested in this one. So let's go ahead and dive right into it because I'm pretty excited. Uh, Real quick, though, don't forget to check out the Ultimate Season Preview, NFC South dropping later on today. Just search Ultimate Season Preview 2021 wherever you get your podcast. So we're going to start off here looking at how this Jameis Winston offense or this New Orleans Saints offense changes with Jameis Winston, as opposed to what we've seen over the past few years with Drew Brees. So we're going to start off with some of the concepts, some of the intricacies, the role that Jameis Winston will play, and the way that the role of the players around Jameis Winston changes with him under center. Then we're going to dive into route combinations, uh, some of the more popular route combinations. We're going to talk about three for the New Orleans Saints and how they'll be different in 2021 than they have been over the past few seasons. So let's start with some of the intricacies here. I want to start off with play action passing. This is one that we've talked about for quite a while, that we've speculated for quite a while, and that we have actually already seen begin to change a lot more play action passing on the way for this New Orleans Saints offense with Jameis Winston under center. I'm going to read off some numbers here for you. Drew Brees in 2020 uh, took play action snaps only 17.8% of the time, an average of about six per game during the 12 full or during the 12 games that he appeared in and started in 2020. In that same season, over the four games that Taysom Hill started, you saw that number go up to 31.2% of the time in his four starts. That was an average of about 11 per game. We saw that trend continue with Jameis Winston in the second half of the game that he played against San Francisco, but a little bit of a larger sample size coming in the preseason here in 2021, where Jameis Winston was utilized in play action 33.4% of the time, three and a half uh, play action snaps per game. But remember, he never played a full preseason game, right? There was only 23 dropbacks, seven of which were uh, play action drop back. So the reason why that's important to know is because if you expand that to being about, let's say, 35 dropbacks, then you're talking about just between 10 and 11, 10.6, 10 and a half uh, play action snaps per game in that case. Now, Drew Brees had an average depth of target in play action in 2020 of 7.1 yards. Jameis Winston's goes up from there big time, 11.8 in play action over the course of the preseason. But interestingly, even on non-play action plays, just standard dropbacks, 11.9 was his average depth of target. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to run play action in order to take shots downfield. He can still push the ball downfield just for interest's sake. 9.5 was the average depth of target for Taysom Hill on play action plays in 2020 in his uh, four years, or excuse me, in his four starts. Now, 
the interesting thing to note about Jameis Winston is that even though he doesn't push the ball downfield more on play action plays than non-play action plays, or at least from what we saw in the small sample size of the preseason, his performance is considerably better on play action plays throughout his career than it has been on non-play action plays. The 30 interception season, 28 of those interceptions coming on non-play action plays, only two on play action plays. And all but one season throughout Jameis Winston's career so far, that was a 2018 season, he had a better passer rating in play action plays than in non-play action plays. The biggest discrepancy of that came in 2019, again, where he threw 28 interceptions on non-play action plays, 124.1 passer rating on play action, 76 passer rating on standard dropback. So expect to see a lot more play action in this 2021 New Orleans Saints offense with Jameis Winston under center. One of the other things that you're going to notice, another intricacy here, is that Eric McCoy, the New Orleans Saints center, is going to be making a lot of pre-snap checks. He's going to be making a lot of the protection calls, which Drew Brees used to do basically ever since the 2007 season. The only season that he didn't do it was his first season with the New Orleans Saints back in 2006. So it's going to be a little bit of working in concert between Jameis Winston and Eric McCoy. Eric McCoy, though, has proven to be very, uh, let's say, adept at doing this. And also he himself throughout the preseason, as well as Cesar Ruiz right next to him, allowed no pressures throughout the preseason altogether. So look, I think that this is one of the reasons why you really enjoy Eric McCoy staying out that rhyme staying in the uh, center position because he has more NFL experience than, say, Aziz Ruiz, who's performed well at right guard. So Eric McCoy, expect to see him making a lot more of those pre-snap checks, uh, adjustments, and uh, adjusting the offensive line and calling out protections. Next thing I want to talk about is going to be break depths. Now, what I mean by breaks is that if you have a uh, wider receiver that's running a post route, the moments where he's no longer pushing vertical and he turns toward the goalpost, that's called a break in his route. You're going to see these break depths get a little bit deeper down the field. So instead of a post route sort of breaking toward the inside 10 yards down the field, you might start to see it break 15, 12 yards down the field. And I know it doesn't sound like much, but that makes a big difference because it puts them on a trajectory to, first of all, need Jameis Winston to hold the ball a little bit longer for the routes to develop downfield when they do want to take a shot downfield, and it allows them to maximize those attacks downfield as well. You take a look at the play with uh, Marquez Callaway, the big first touchdown in the Jacksonville Jaguars preseason game. You saw Marquez Callaway not make his break toward the inside until nearly 20 yards down the field. That's a big difference from what was the condensed offense in New Orleans with Drew Brees at quarterback where you saw those breaks happen much earlier so that the pass didn't have to travel as far downfield and, of course, did just enough to clear out underneath routes as well, which this offense will do as well. And a big part of that clear out game, and we're going to talk about more route combinations coming up next here in a little bit, but a big part of that clear out game is going to be Alvin Kamara, making him more available in the passing game. I want to look back at 2017 when it comes to Alvin Kamara comes down to his slot snaps. How often was he targeted out of the slot in 2017? Well, quite a bit. Over a quarter of the time, 27.1% of his targets came from him being in the slot in the passing game. That was a total of 26 targets. During that time, his average depth of target was 6.1 yards down the field, and his yards per route run were 3.54, one of the best amongst slot receivers across the NFL in that total. In 2020, however, that total, every one of those totals actually dropped exponentially. And they dropped over the course of 2017 into 2020. Only 13.6% of his targets came in the slot, 
14 total during that time, 1.9 average depth of target in that game, and then yards per route run dropped to 1.63, which might have been my grade point average in high school. But when it comes down to it, you saw that Alvin Kamara was used a lot more in the slot in 2017. Maybe you see a bit more of that in 2021. I guess it depends upon how, uh, let's say, confident the New Orleans Saints are in the second running back, whether it be Latavius Murray or Tony Jones Jr. manning the backfield on those plays and being able to motion uh, Alvin Kamara out to the slot. Remember, think back to the uh, Detroit Lions game last year where he ran the wheel route underneath the two clear out routes from the slot, that type of game plan, that type of usage may be a bit more, uh, let's say, present for Alvin Kamara with a stronger arm quarterback. And speaking of running routes, that's what we're going to dive into next. We're going to take a look at some of the Saints' most popular route concepts and combinations and how they're going to change and morph and shift with a deeper passing attack in 2021 as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get into that, I want to remind you we have a survivor pool here for Locked on Saints that is brought to you by Run Your Pool. You can find the link to it in the description, wherever it is that you're taking the podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can find the link to it. Come on, join and compete throughout the season. Let's have some fun. And if you want to start one of your own, I highly recommend Run Your Pool. I can tell you that from experience because it's not only their name, Run Your Pool, but it's their promise. They help make this so simple. I had this league, this Run Your Pool uh, survivor pool created in like five minutes. It was incredible and already had the invite link going out. We've got 25 people already enrolled. Come on, join. Let's boost that number. It's why I like this a little bit more than a fantasy league, because in the fantasy league, you can't get 25 people in there and actually enjoy yourself. You can't do that. And the other thing I like about it is that it allows people that don't have this really intricate knowledge of players, individual players and offensive schemes and opposing matchups to be able to participate in something competitive and make their Sundays and game watching experience a little bit more action Packed. That's what I love about these guys. And they help you out with anything survivor pool, combination pool, squares, 33, whatever it is that you're looking for, they've got you covered. So go and check them out. Runyourpool.com slash locked on or use the promo code locked on at checkout. You're going to get $10 off anywhere, everywhere that you are. They're going to help bring NFL action to you. So let's go ahead and have a little bit of fun. Make sure that you join and go ahead and start your own as well over at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use that promo code locked on at checkout at runyourpool.com. New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers, the line has shifted after the team or the game was moved to a neutral site in Jacksonville. New Orleans Saints starting off as a one and a half point dog at home. Now with the neutral site game minus four and a half. You feeling good about that line? You want to get in on a little bit of that action? Well, best way to do it is over at BetOnline. And don't forget, they also have the big uh, kickoff special that they're doing as well for the September 9th, Thursday night football kickoff between the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be a lot of fun there. But the best part about it is that even if you lose that wager, you can get some of that wager back up to $25 as long as you're a new customer and you use the promo code NFL100 at sign up. Now, you can also get a 100% welcome bonus when you join betonline.ag as a new customer. So, I would head over to betonline.ag right away and get in on all of the bets, all of the odds, all of the contests that they have going on as well. Once again, that's betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All 
right, family, continuing on today's episode, an exciting one, breaking down how this New Orleans Saints offense will look different in 2021. We talked a bit about some of the responsibilities, Jameis Winston's responsibilities, the players around him. Now, let's talk a little bit about the receivers and how this game is going to impact them. If you're watching on YouTube, we're going to have some visual aids. If you're listening on the podcast, don't worry, we're going to be able to talk you through all of this as well, because we're going to talk about some route combinations in the way that they're going to shift. Now, we talked a bit about break depth for the New Orleans Saints receivers, right? Instead of those inside routes starting their break inside seven, eight yards downfield, you might see them get a little bit more to 12, 14 yards downfield, stuff like that. So that's what we're going to be taking a look at and see how each of these com- these these combinations, these route combinations, these route concepts the New Orleans Saints really like to utilize, how they're going to change going into 2021. So let's start off with the Mills concept here. So the Mills concept uh, and a big thank you to uh, a free tool that's available over at playartpro.com for helping me put these together. Uh, they can also be animated, but I'm not messing around with animation right now. So <laughs> the way that this basically works is that a Mills concept is a uh, combination of a dig route or an in route and a post route on the same side of the field. The key here is that the outside receiver runs the post route, the inside receiver or the slot receiver, or maybe even a tight end runs the dig route. We see the New Orleans Saints run this concept quite a bit. Uh, We haven't seen it much during the preseason, but we've seen it a lot in Jameis Winston's repertoire as well. This is a really big sort of attack downfield if you're looking to maybe go after uh, some of the Tampa 2 coverage that you might see from Tampa Bay or even the cover one coverage that you might see from a team like Carolina. The key here is the safety on the combination side. Does the safety bite down to the in route? If they do, and the middle of the field is available and open, then you look deep for the post. If they end up taking the post or dropping back deep for the post, and then you see that crossing route over the middle of the field, the deep in route, then you can target that. If neither are available, then you just go to the tight end who's running this little drag route or any type of an outlet route that's available to you, whatever that play is. Obviously, this is one variation of a ton of different variations that can always change the line of scrimmage as well. So the nice thing about this, and you saw a version of this as well from the big touchdown to uh, the big touchdown to Marquez Callaway, it was actually another combination that we'll talk about. But you also see a clear out route over on the opposite side, the X receiver running a fly route down the field, just basically running straight, essentially. And that could potentially move somebody out and pull somebody out of a zone that then becomes vacated for the dig route or the in route to be able to take advantage of as well. So there's lots of different ways for one of these routes to become available. The big difference here is that instead of that in route breaking seven or five yards down the field, you might see it break instead 10, 12 yards down the field already beyond the first down marker. That's going to be what ends up making such a big deal with having Jameis Winston, whose average depth of target this preseason was around 11.8, 11.9 yards per target. That's where this ends up coming into play is that you're attacking beyond the first down marker as opposed to within the first down marker, as long as one of these routes gets open. Now, let's talk about a very popular concept for the New Orleans Saints all go special. Now, on the YouTube side, what we're showing here is a three by one, three receivers on one side, one receiver on the other. All go special is usually a four verts, basically, type of attack. The reason why you have one of the three, the inside guy, crossing the field is because the landmarks are the same at the numbers inside the numbers at the numbers inside the numbers. So that's where you want these routes to develop. Now, when you look at the Saints offense over the past few years, you would see these routes start to kind of round off or you would see the improvisation for the receivers begin about 15 yards downfield. Now, 
because Jameis Winston tells Traquan Smith, just keep running. That's what you're going to see from the New Orleans Saints is that you're going to see these routes continue to stretch the field as opposed to start to come back, start to improvise and start to find their way back to the quarterback so early. That gives you the opportunity to attack further down the field, whether it's up the seam, whether it's at the numbers, whether it's downfield, just depending upon where the safeties end up playing. And finally, I want to take a look at the Yankee concept. This is one of my favorite concepts, route combinations in football. You have the post route over on the left side from the X receiver. The Z receiver is in a little bit tighter to the formation in this particular play example. Again, there's many different variations of this, but they're basically running a deep over route over the course of the middle, over the middle of the field. They're crossing the middle of the field. What you're seeing here is that you'll have sort of this diagonal release where they get the inside leverage on a defender, then they'll push vertical for a couple of steps and then break back inside as they continue to cross the field. At that break point, which is where you start to see these break depths get a little bit deeper in this 2021 offense as opposed to the 2020 or I would even say 2018 through, I would even say 2019 and 2020 routes, right? That's when things really started to condense in this offense. You might see these attacks come a little bit deeper down the field. The other big difference is that your key in this as a quarterback is to read the free safety who's over sort of the, uh, let's say, left half of the field. If they bite down to take, let's say, Deontay Harris or Traquan Smith, who's crossing the field, then you have the opportunity to target the post down the field. This should sound familiar because it was this concept that led to the first touchdown for Jameis Winston and Marquez Calloway in the Jaguars game. You saw Deontay Harris running the over route across the middle of the field. You saw Marquez Calloway running the what ended up being a post route, uh, and you saw a little bit of a skinny post in that uh, in there, that little tiny break toward the inside that they were able to take advantage of off of a play action as well. So that's what you're going to be seeing with this team now is the ability to be able to take those shots deep down the field when that post route opens. And for that over route, instead of being 17, 18 yards, being something more like 22 to 25 yards downfield by the time that they get to the numbers. So if you're throwing the pass to that left sideline as this receiver comes across, you're getting more depth down the field than you were over the last couple of seasons. So those are some of the most popular route concepts that you're going to see with the New Orleans Saints and the way that they can be run with Jameis Winston under center as opposed to the condensed offense of the past couple of years. So that's just looking at the passing game, y'all. We're going to look at the run game tomorrow. We might even have more on the passing game tomorrow as well. So make sure that you come back for that. As I just want to remind you, we're here every Monday through Friday, wherever it is that you get your podcast free and on all platforms. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk about five questions that we have for the New Orleans Saints going into this matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Some of the storylines that I want to make sure that you have on your mind as we get through game week here on Locked on Saints. And before we get to any of that, I want to ask you, and I want to ask you genuinely, whose login you be using, right? You're trying to watch football on one screen. You've got highlights on another screen. You're watching live TV or, or maybe your favorite TV shows on another screen and another device. But whose login you using? Your mama's? Your in-laws? You ain't got to do all that. Let me tell you how to get your TV together. It's what our good friends over at DirecTV, and it's thanks to their new uh, piece, DirecTV Stream. Now, this is fantastic. It's called DirecTV Stream. It's going to bring live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so that you're able to watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. And we're having to switch devices. Make sure nobody else is on at the same time that you're on. Schedule out the login. You ain't got to do all that stuff anymore. Thanks to DirecTV who have made it super simple for you. No more juggling remotes and you never have to switch to another device. And the best part, no annual contract. I love not having an annual contract. 
Uh, you get rid of all the clutter, you get rid of all the confusion, and you get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Now, compatible device is required and content varies by package. And I also want to remind you of our friends over at built.com. Go and check out all their fantastic products. But of course, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can also check out their Built Protein Balls, which are brand new and are uh, they're going to be gluten, grain, and dairy-free, so they are good for everybody. These Built Bars, though, they're also fantastic. Even if you're on a keto diet, you can eat these things. Go and check them out. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they've got some phenomenal flavors, soft and easy to chew. Ain't got to throw them in the microwave. You're not eating any of those weird brick bars anymore. Don't worry about all that. Go ahead and get yourself a protein bar with respect. That's Built Bar over at BuiltBar.com. So go ahead and treat yourself. Peanut butter, brownie, strawberry, orange. If you're into fruit and chocolate flavors, if you like coconut, coconut and coconut almond are available to you. They kind of taste like mounds and almond joy. Almond joy is one of my favorite candy bars. That's why I love the coconut almond Built Bar. So go and check them out. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 over at Built.com so you can get 15% off of your next order. No matter if it's your first or your next, go ahead and reload on some protein bars. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode with five questions before or through the beginning of game week. Uh, here with the New Orleans Saints. I'm so excited. We're almost here. We're a couple days until football, just a few days until Saints football. Really wish that the game was able to be in the Superdome, but we understand. And again, hope everybody's doing well. Still have resources down in the description for you. In fact, I've added a couple if you want to go ahead and get in on some of the phenomenal efforts that are going on to help those affected by Hurricane Ida. You can find all the information that you need and a bunch of links down in the description. Now, let's talk about these New Orleans Saints, though. Um, Want to talk about five questions that I have for the New Orleans Saints? You'll see this come up as a uh, an article over at Canal Street Chronicles later on this week as well. Let's have a little bit of fun here on the show, just kind of to get you up to speed with everything after the weird week off in between the preseason wrapping up, and of course the Saints not having a final preseason game, and then now getting into Week One. Let's refresh ourselves on some storylines that we need to watch over the course of this matchup and over the course of this week, really. Like. What's going to happen with Marshawn Lattimore and Deontay Harris? Are they going to be available to start the season? Now, we keep hearing that it's becoming more and more likely that Marshawn Lattimore will be available at the beginning of the season. Now, remember, and I know we've talked about this before, but just as a refresher, Marshawn Lattimore was arrested over the course of the offseason in Cleveland, Ohio, not because of illegal possession of a weapon, not because he was causing any, putting anybody in any danger or causing any issues. He didn't discharge the weapon, nothing like that, but because of him having possession of a stolen weapon. The, the tricky part here is that the onus is on the prosecution in that instance to prove that Marshawn Lattimore knew that the weapon was stolen, which is a weapon that he's had for like multiple years at this point. So that is a tall task for any legal prosecution, for any legal process at all to be able to prove. So because of that, this is going to drag out for quite a while. So, and it might not even go anywhere, honestly, because again, he had a concealed carry license. He had every right to carry that firearm. He didn't put anybody in any danger. It's just that they're saying that it was stolen and that he he knew that it was stolen. And it's very hard to prove that. So a lot of responsibility here that doesn't even fall down to Marshawn Lattimore in a way. So because of that, it's pretty likely at this point, here we are less than a week out 
that Marshawn Lattimore was going to be available for week one. As for Deontay Harris, just want to remind you the timeline for PJ Williams two years ago when he was arrested in January for a DWI in New Orleans and then ended up not seeing trial, not being able to even get a guilty plea in until August, eight months later, and then wasn't suspended by the league until two months later on October 15th. So with that being the case, um, uh, Deontay Harris, who was arrested for a DUI, I believe in Maryland, uh, in June, July, over the summer, it doesn't feel very likely that they're going to be able to have him come in for a plea and then also be able to figure it out once the NFL does its own independent investigation on it before next week. So it feels pretty likely that both of these guys are going to be available. And of course, we've been saying that for a little while. So so far, we haven't been proven wrong yet. So we'll see exactly how it all works out. But very interesting stuff to see. Will Marshawn Lattimore, Deontay Harris be available to start this season? Now, beyond that, what's going to happen at the cornerback position is also going to be very important. From the very beginning, the New Orleans Saints have said that finding another cornerback is a must for this team. And that was before Brian Poole went to injured reserve, before Ken Crawley caught an injury, although he's expected to be, to be back sometime this week, and before Patrick Robinson retired. So the position has only gotten thinner. The New Orleans Saints only have three boundary corners on their uh, roster at the moment. So will they indeed add another cornerback before the beginning of, or before the beginning of the season here on Sunday? And it's going to be tough to not only add somebody, but add somebody that's going to be able to be a starter for you. So will it be Ken Crawley? Will it be Paul Sanadibo that starts opposite Marshawn Lattimore? And will the New Orleans Saints focus on just adding depth at the cornerback spot? That's what we're going to be watching over the course of this week before they get a big test against Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers and one of the best receivers in the game in Devontae Adams. Now, speaking of that defense, who's going to be the linebacker that starts next to Demario Davis? Now, we saw play action and rollouts in particular really give the Saints some issues the last time that they played Green Bay early on last season. A guy like Quan Alexander and his athleticism he helps to neutralize that. Remember, the Saints didn't have Quan Alexander at that time. They were working with Demario Davis and Alex Anzalone. Zach Bond looked to be a fantastic guy when it came to snuffing out some of those play action rollouts that you saw during the preseason, particularly against the Baltimore Ravens. Which one of those linebackers is going to be starting next to Demario Davis? And what are their immediate contributions to this team when it comes down to limiting all of that pre-snap motion and even post-snap motion, being able to keep an eye out on that uh, tight end that's crossing behind the line of scrimmage after the snap? which Zach Bond did very well in that game against Baltimore as well. So who is going to be that linebacker and what will their immediate contributions be to this team going up against a very complicated and complex offense that uses a lot of motion, uses a lot of pre-snap and post-snap motion, and uses a lot of those play-action rollouts to extend plays, stretch a defense, and really make a defense go horizontal while still trying to attack you vertically as well. Who is going to be that person and what are they going to bring to the table? Now, let's talk about some injuries here. Are Peyton Turner and Traquan Smith going to be available for the New Orleans Saints? If Peyton Turner is not available, not a big deal as far as I'm concerned. You let him get healthy. You've invested a first round pick in him. Don't let him become somebody that, you know, or put him at risk of becoming somebody that ends up being injury marred throughout his career. He hasn't been on the practice field since, what, August 9th, August 10th. So no need really to rush him in. Let him be inactive as far as I'm concerned on game day. And then, you know, you still have a really nice stable of edge rushers that you're able to utilize in Tono Passigno and uh, Carl Granderson, who, of course, are backing up Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport looking like he's ready to have a big breakout season here after a phenomenal offseason so far. But are they going to have Peyton Turner to add? Are they going to have Peyton Turner to add to the mix? Also, Traquan Smith, who's been missing. Uh, for quite a bit throughout camp. He came back for a little while, ended up 
either re-aggravating that injury or just not being where they wanted him to be, where he wanted to be just yet, and then ended up missing more practices after that. He would, of course, be a big benefit to this team as somebody that knows the system extremely well, that has great chemistry with Jameis Winston. They spent the whole offseason working together. Can they get him back out on the field to contribute in the passing game, along with Deontay Harris, who we expect at this point to be available to open the season, question mark? And then, of course, Marquez Callaway, who is your number one receiver, no questions asked. So what's going to happen there with those two players that could end up contributing immediately to this team on both the offensive and defensive sides? And finally, and, and, and speaking of also like both of those positions, wide receiver and defensive line, a lot of rotation, a lot of moving around. So the more pieces that you have there, the better. So these guys do become quite important. And finally, the question that we all have to ask, regardless of how good we feel about Jameis Winston, how bullish we are on Jameis Winston, any of that, will Jameis Winston's turnover concern rear its ugly head again? The idea here is that Jameis Winston has improved, that Jameis Winston's LASIK surgery potentially helped. And of course, that Sean Payton's system is going to eliminate some of the risks that were taking in Bruce, that were being taken in Bruce Arian's system back in 2019. But does it all come together and does it all come to fruition? Are the Saints able to build an offense again that limits turnovers, even though you have a quarterback that seems to be quote unquote turnover prone throughout his career? And we have to admit, 18, 19 interceptions, that's a big improvement from 30, but you still want to get the number down from around where his season average is. If you can get him to 14, 15, then you're pretty okay with that because it means you're taking risks. You're probably taking advantage of it and you're getting there, but that's a big task to cut those interceptions essentially in half. Now, I've been one to say from the very beginning that the 30 interception season, an anomaly, a fluke, you won't see it again, but the New Orleans Saints still have work to do to be able to cut down even some of the inj- or excuse me, even some of the turnover concerns that come down to not only the interceptions thrown throughout Jameis Winston's career, but also the fumbles. Now he has a better offensive line, he has a better system around him, and he himself looks better and looks to be making better decisions. Can he keep that going throughout the full 60 minutes of a game? I have a lot of confidence that he will. I have a lot of confidence in Sean Payton and this coaching staff, but still remains the question that we're all going to be waiting to have answered beginning this Sunday at 325 Central Time when it comes to the New Orleans Saints going up against and opening their season in Jacksonville at TIAA Bankfield against the Green Bay Packers. Here throughout the rest of the week, we're going to be getting you ready for that game. We're going to talk about how the run game shifts, changes what it looks like with Jameis Winston under center and what the defense will be looking to do with a new quarterback as well, because that quarterback position affects everything. So let's talk about it from every angle possible. On Thursday, we'll be joined by Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers, to preview the Saints and Packers game with our crossover Thursday. And on a Friday, we'll talk about our keys to victory. We'll make our picks. We'll do the whole thing to get you ready for this Sunday's matchup. I'm incredibly excited. I know that you are excited. I wish that this were under better circumstances, but hey, regardless, football is back. It is something that will bring us joy over the course of hopefully, (laughs) hopefully the next few months with a successful New Orleans Saints team. So we'll see how it all goes. Now that you're done here, make sure you go and win yourself some money with Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Find it wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow here on Locked On Saints. For everything in between, though, don't forget to check me out on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.